Hey folks, this clip is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Get $30 off your order of perfectly aged steaks, juicy burgers, and decadent desserts with our promo code VOLS, that is V-O-L-S, Omaha Steaks. All right, Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan, the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I guess an end of the week show, not a midweek show for this one. It is the day after... The Tennessee Volunteers went to the Sweet 16, played Florida Atlantic, and just blew this thing sky high. Um, They lose in just unbelievably annoying fashion, and we're going to talk about it. What's up, Zach? Yeah, I think people definitely knew why we were were here after after last night. It was uh, a... Felt so, like we were saying before we came on here, it, it felt like Tennessee just had this chance. Like it all set up just perfectly for them to make this run. And I think, I don't know if I speak for everybody, but for myself, last night going into that game, I let the uh, let the optimism get the best of me. So when they weren't able to pull it off and, and finish the deal against Florida Atlanta, it, it hit a little harder than if I would have been expecting a loss. Like, it's the exact opposite of the Duke game, really, where I was expecting them to lose to Duke, and it was a pleasant surprise when they won. This is complete opposite feeling, and yeah, you know, it's familiar if you're a Tennessee fan, but it doesn't make it any easier. No, it's so it's so painful. And I'll, let me preface this completely for, for myself, because there's going to be a lot of fans that probably differ with me in opinions in, in terms of what is about to be said. Um, I am more of a basketball guy than I am even a football guy. Obviously I love Tennessee football. It's, you know, amazing. I have my trinkets back here from ball football and I, you know, it's one of my, my great loves, but basketball is just really, it's, it's the thing that I love the most. And that makes me a little bit different than a whole lot of Tennessee fans because understandably so. There's a huge portion of the Tennessee fan base that they just, they're like, yeah, basketball is kind of secondary. It's all about football here. You know, we, we have the, the cathedral to football and Neyland stadium. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. And basketball is just kind of gravy. And fair enough. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how to feel. I'm just going to preface and say, I'm not one of those people. I, I am somebody who thinks the Tennessee basketball, they have one of the biggest arenas in America, one of the biggest, most loyal, most crazy fan bases in America. Some of the greatest resources out of any program period across this nation of college basketball schools. And I I think that Tennessee has everything they need to go win a title and they haven't. And not only that, they've never even made a final four. So, that's I just need to like preface that as a baseline so everybody knows where I'm coming from with this because there's I see so many people after a loss like that and they go well it was well we made the sweet 16 you know that's that's all we can really expect out of Tennessee and it's a great again I'm not gonna tell you how to feel I just disagree it's not that that lost FAU is inexcusable you were the better team FAU didn't even play particularly well the, at the end of the game, that one kid made a bunch of free throws. Davis, John L. Davis, credit to him. And what really happened in that game is that the dude across from Rick Barnes outcoached Rick Barnes. He coached circles around Rick Barnes in that game. He made him look like an idiot. And, and I say this, and that hurts so much 
to say that because after the Duke game, I was, I mean, go watch the video that we had after the Duke game. We made one. I was absolutely glowing about Barnes. It was one of the greatest coaching jobs that he's done. You know, postseason game against Duke, huge name. He goes out and they do the exact stuff they needed to do to beat Duke. And they beat him in every single phase of the game and look like the better team throughout the entire 40 minute game. And in this one, like it's a team with less talent, less link, less depth. They go and they just kick your butt. I mean, you didn't, it's not like it even came down to like a last second shot. They kind of ran away with it at the end there. It's terrible. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much a microcosm of the season, right? The whole tournament. I mean, you have a narrow win against Louisiana that you almost let get away. Then you beat Duke and have this performance like, you know, reminiscent of the the game against Texas, you know, perhaps where you, you win a game that a lot of people were picking against Tennessee. And then you go lose to a team with less talent like this uh, because you go cold. You can't you can't make shots. Once Tennessee gave up the lead last night, I think we all pretty much knew it was done. And we were texting and, and pretty much it was the same sentiment because there's just no faith in this team erasing a deficit. And once yeah. it got up to – honestly, once it got up to about five or six points, I was like, this is – they don't have a chance to erase this like because they're just trading twos if they can get them, you know – they do hit a couple of jumpers that that you know kind of kept them in the game a little bit. But outside of that, there was just no like Meshach had what one or two drives where it felt like he was feeling some urgency and was getting to the basket, and then it, that was pretty much it. I mean, there was just no. I mean, the offense we were talking about before we started recording here. The offense is just dreadful to watch. There is no identity to it. It's just a whole bunch of dribbling around and then settling for a jump shot and. I mean, there's just you're not going to score 80 points that way, and that's what you have to do sometimes. Like defense, you know, you held them to 62 points, and you, and you still don't win the game. You got to be able to score, and it's it's you, frustrating to watch because I don't know, like, when's it going to get better? Is yeah. it you know moving forward? You you held a team that averaged 79 points on the season against uh, whatever conference they come from, the CUSA or whatever. You know, they play against that competition, but still 79 points. They just won, you know, they beat Memphis. They won those games. Credit to them. And you held them to 62 points. You couldn't score 63 against that team. Against a team that when you look at it, I mean, they had one tall guy. And and that guy really didn't do much in that game. He was he played some decently effective defense. But in terms of scoring, he really didn't do much. It's not like they he leaned on him. most of his time on the ground, it seemed like. Yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> getting shoved around by heroes. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, they, they go away from playing down low and when it was working yeah, early then, in the game, Euros was getting there and, and yeah, scoring. and, and exactly how we said it. it, it couldn't have been more spot on. Olivier Kama just disappears. He is nowhere to be found. Couldn't, couldn't do anything. Barely tried to do anything. It seemed like. Because what what you have to have in this scenario like this is Olivier come on that Duke game. Some dude that's going to go, give me the ball. Give it to me. I'm going to go get us some points right now. Dizzy doesn't have that guy. Every single dude on all those possessions was looking around going, you shoot it. You you shoot it. And it was a game of hot potato out there, just running around, running around the horn. And and nobody actually wanted the ball in their hands. And I – you're you're right. I mean, it is it is really a the microcosm of the season. Uh, it was really completely fitting to what it 
to what we've seen this whole time. <laughs> you know? uh, but to, for that, like, there's there's a difference if you make that elite eight game. You know, you you survive and advance this when you make that elite eight game, and then this, you know, this Noel kid from Kansas State just has a completely game, you know, crazy game out of his mind. He beats you. You go, okay, fine. We made an elite eight. That's, yeah. that's way above what I thought this team could do. But I thought this team could be Florida Atlantic. I sue me. Sorry that I that I thought that maybe they could beat a freaking team from the CUSA or wherever Florida Atlantic plays in. I I. Does uh, not having Ziegler change your your mindset on that at all? I mean, how, how much does it's that not like the offense it? was good with him? That's true. I, I, you know, he, I, I do think you look at like Marquise Noel. I that's that's a Kai Ziegler in two years. I hope that would be ideal. Is that he becomes that elite guy like that? Although Noel actually hasn't been as good as he's been in this tournament the whole season. Even even he said that after that game. There was a clip of him being like, "That was the greatest game of my life." <laughs> um. But I, there's, there's just so much here. Cause I, I really, at the end of the day, I don't really put much on, on the players here. And I've been, I've been soft on Barnes this whole season. Yeah. I, I, I really have largely because I've, I felt like this roster was hurt the entire time. It's just not there in general, but of course he built the roster. So let's start there. The Barnes, <laughs> let's just be honest here. This kind of starts a different conversation away from that FAU game, but let's really do just call it what it is. Rick Barnes is Mark Richt at this point. He is. Yeah, you won a conference title. You're in the tournament every year. You know, Rick, it was always like, oh, they might play in the SEC championship game. They're probably going to lose if they do, but hey, they might make it. I think he won a one or two conference title games in his time. And they, they were always like, yeah, tennis wins. That's good. Mm-hmm. I played a BCS bowl game occasionally. That's cool. But it's not. They go to Kirby and they win two national titles in a row. And they they split off from there from from Rick and they gave a guy who was the guy, you know, Rick's good roster and he took it to another level. And I just look at this situation. I'm not saying fire Rick Barnes. I mean, (laughs) there's because I don't I don't think you. You can, frankly. I mean, that would, I mean, maybe Danny's feeling that aggressive and he does, but I, I think Barnes will retire at Tennessee. Um, And he, he has been great. He's lifted the program up out of the mud and that's awesome. And, you know, when he came in, it was in the absolute garbage can mm-hmm. and I will forever love him for doing that. And it's had some of the best moments in the history of this program under Barnes. And you can't deny that he has been, there is a great argument to be made that he's the greatest coach in the history of this program. And the greatest coach in the history of this program can't make it past the Sweet 16. <laughs> like, is that not the toughest pill to swallow? I, 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 I don't, I don't know how else to frame it, but it's that's just the perfect like one-to-one comparison to me, where you go, this program is in good shape with this guy. No denying that. You're, you're competitive at the highest level every year, but you're just competitive. You're not, you're not even like, you know, a Mark Few where occasionally you're making that final four, making that good run. You're just, yeah, you, you, you might win the SEC occasionally. You might make a sweet 16, but that's it. And so what do you do from here? Is that okay? Because I know for some fans it is. And, and I'm going to talk about a tweet I had last night about this in just a second, but I, some of the responses I got, for some fans it is. I, I'll throw it to you first, though, Zach, your thoughts on that. Yeah. 
Spring is in the air, and that can only mean one thing. Spring grilling. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to spring into something delicious with their semi-annual sale. It starts Wednesday, February 22nd, so make sure you mark your calendar and get 50% off site-wide. Grab all your favorites like perfectly aged tender steaks, ocean fresh seafood, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and decadent desserts. Plus, when you go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code VOLS, that is V-O-L-S, at checkout, you'll get an additional $30 off your order, it's the perfect way to get fired up and spring into something special. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code VOLS at checkout and take advantage of this deal. I've had Omaha Steaks plenty now. Uh, comes right to your door. So convenient. So tasty. Can't recommend it enough. Go and get it. Uh, Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away. And you're going to want to hurry because 50% off site-wide is only happening for a limited time. So don't miss your chance to save. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo code VOLS at checkout and get an additional $30 off when you shop their semi-annual sale today. Again, it starts February 22nd. Mark those calendars and get your Omaha Steaks. Minimum order may be required. That's Omaha Steaks promo code VOLS. It's it's kind of tough for me because it, for me, it's hard to compare college basketball and college football in some aspects because there's just so many more things that can go wrong in college basketball. There's so many more games and it's just there's more parity in the sport in general. So that that's kind of tough. But at the same time, we've been saying it all year. Like, this is as good as it's going to get under Rick Barnes. And we pretty much know that. Unless he goes and lands just some transcendent freshman that can take over a game. And I don't have a lot of confidence in that happening because the freshmen that Barnes has played, they, they just haven't played at a high level, really. It's almost like they're an afterthought. And eventually, I think that's going to hurt Tennessee in recruiting because – I mean, how many young basketball players want to go to a school that's just focusing on defense? You know, they're they're not really selling on a on a national level. You know, you didn't have you know Kennedy Chandler last year. You know, making headlines. Julian Phillips this year. I think that could you know play a factor eventually and, and will hurt Tennessee. But yeah, I mean, are you okay with this moving forward? Like, is this the the peak of Tennessee basketball? And if you are, then I guess, you know, you're fine with Barnes. But at the same time, like, he's almost 70. Uh, if you try to push him out now, if you try to re- make him retire now and you and you botch the next hire, it, it was coming anyway. I mean, the guy's nearing the end of his career regardless. So it's not like you're firing somebody that's, you know, 45 years old maybe has a little more left in the tank or another level he can get to. I mean, this has been Rick Barnes for 30 years. So this is who he is. It's who he was at Clemson, Texas, and now Tennessee. It is what it is. So I don't I don't think there's a lot of risk in going another direction at this point just because of his age, and it's coming sooner than later anyway. We've just seen the ceiling, and I, I think anyone would be hard-pressed to argue with that at all. I think this is the ceiling. Maybe he could make an Elite Eight. Maybe in the future. I obviously there's no evidence to suggest that he can. He made it. To I mean, the this was round. the easiest path possible. Yeah, you're not. Gonna, it's not going to get easier than this. We we said that in our in our preview show for the FAU game. You will never have a better chance than this. You were living off one of the miracles in the history of the tournament. A 16 seed beat it one. You were living off of that. Like that's how good this situation was, and you couldn't even capitalize on that. This is who Rick Barnes is. And it's just, yeah, it's eight years. It's eight years. It's not like this is his third season, and we go, ah, oh, dang it, he's you know he's right there, and maybe he can. It's eight years. I, I don't. You, you know who somebody is in eight years. Mm-hmm. 
and he, he's not changing. He's just not gonna. And so what it is that okay, like, like we're saying to me, yeah, and I, and I think you're exactly right. I mean, how how many more years does he have left anyway? Um, I don't know. I also especially have- the new landscape of college basketball and college sports, and we've seen so many other guys, you know, Jay Wright, Roy Williams, Coach K. I mean, they're all getting out. So yeah, yeah Barnes is in that same group of coaches. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a bunch of people last night when I was kind of tweeting about Barnes after the game, and they were like, go hire Jay Wright. Go back up the dump trucks of money to Jay Wright. Jay Wright's not going to come back to college basketball. <laughs> He's just not. That's, that's not happening. There's a few psychos out there like Rick Patino that are going to do it till they're till they die on the sidelines. And, you know, but that's not everybody. Jay, Jay Wright's living the life. He's oh, one. yeah. He has nothing to prove. Two national titles, has all of his money, and he's just doing TV. So I trying to think if there's anything else with that before we move on to this discussion, this tweet that I had last night, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I think that covered it, but here, here was the question that I posed last night on Twitter. Cause I purely just, I wanted to see what fans were thinking. And I said, would you be okay with Rick Barnes retiring during this offseason and Tennessee finding a new basketball coach? And I said, if yes or no, either way, please explain in the replies. 1,300 people voted on this thing. And it started off like 60% yes, 40% no. It has since drifted to 54% yes, 46% no. And that's probably, you know, people just real emotional after the game initially and just hitting yes. And then now they're feeling a little different, maybe. But obviously, the thing that I really wanted to gauge was the replies. And I think the most common thing that I heard was, for, for the people that want to keep him, that was that question, oh, who are you going to get? I'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a second. But the most common response was, yeah, he's been awesome. This has been a lot of fun relative to where this program has been historically. But if he retired, I mean, it's, it's like what you just said. If you're retired, it's coming anyway. And yeah, we could get some fresh blood in here. Look how it turned out for football. You, you know, you bring in, you bring in Heupel. He has this fresh vision for college football. He's living on the absolute bleeding edge of college football. And yeah, maybe we can find that guy for basketball. It was a lot of that, you know, just kind of being like, yeah, it'd be okay. I like, th- please and thank you, but we're not going to like lose a ton of sleep if it did happen. Um, Obviously there were some people that were like, fire this guy, get him out the door right now. He's done for. Um, And then there were the people that were defending him. But I, the most common thing was that sort of gray area. Like, yeah, you know, if it, if it happens, it happens. So where, where do you go? from there if that's how the fan base is feeling because it because it also shows up in like ticket sales and things too this yeah. it was apathetic this season fans fans just aren't on fire about it you, you could tell like from our video views about basketball yeah well i mean it's not an exciting I, I mean i think people would rather watch a team that that's a bubble team that's storing 85 points a night than watching this style of basketball while yeah. i think we appreciate this style of basketball because it is a kind of a throwback uh, to the physical playing style stuff you just don't really see anymore, kind of that we grew up watching. I mean, definitely appreciate it, but it can be hard to watch. As far as Barnes and the whole situation, I think it's so complex that you have to be really careful navigating this because unlike with Butch Jones and Jeremy Pruitt and, and Derek Dooley, these coaches that you fired, the culture was bad 
at the time. There was there was fighting, you know, infighting. There was it, nobody was on the same page. I mean, that was you saw it at the end of the Dooley era with Tyler Bray and them. We all know about Butch and then obviously Pruitt. We've heard a lot of, about the negativity. That's not the case with the basketball team. Like the culture is good. You listen to these kids talk. They love Rick Barnes. They they want to play for Rick Barnes. They want to win for Rick Barnes. So, you know, it's not a situation where this thing's going sour. It's just it's this the style that that he's trying to to coach and and play. I mean, it's just not it's just not what's going to win a championship. It's not what's going to get you to a Final Four. So, he is a Hall of Fame coach. He's really well respect, respected in the business. If you push him out, it gets ugly. I mean, that looks bad on Tennessee. I think you, it, it's just a it's a really difficult thing that Danny White's going to have to navigate. It has to be Rick Barnes' idea, I think. If you try to push him out, if you get like Philip Fulmer, and I know Barnes doesn't have the equity that Fulmer had with the football program, you know, having won a national championship. But you still, like you said, he's the best basketball coach probably in the history of the program. You you want to send him out the right way. What I think though is I think Barnes is very well aware of his legacy and that he is the guy that can't you know, get over the hump, can't get Tennessee past the Sweet 16, can't win a championship, even though he's a Hall of Fame coach. And I think he's still trying to get there. Like, I think he believes that he can get there, and I don't think he's going to just step down because they lost in the Sweet 16 this year. Now, yeah, if they had – maybe if they felt – that you know, came up way short, missed the tournament because they collapsed at the end of the year, maybe that's a different conversation where he realizes, hey – you know, time has passed me by, but he's not in the same position as Roy Williams and Coach K where they had that resume. He's still trying to get that. Yeah, what what I don't understand is that he's had so many of these humbling experiences. Lost yeah, in the true. second round with Kevin Durant. One of the great, a guy that will go down as one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Mm-hmm. Lost in the second round with that guy. Lost to Tennessee with that guy. <laughs> uh, I mean... So many of these humbling experiences, and he just is stubborn. He doesn't. He he's, stubborn. Not gonna, he's not going to change his ways. I mean, you're, you're no. asking that you're, you're beating a, a dead horse asking because that I, that was my main take last night. And I said this on Twitter and got some interesting responses. But I said, make Rick change his offense or move on. That's where I'm at. I mean, that, this is Philip Fulmer in 08. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It, it is. It's exactly that. So he's he's kind of Mark Rick, then he's Phil Fulmer. Yeah, <laughs> some sense. Phil Fulmer without the national championship. Um, yeah, I mean, it just is so clear to me that he's not gonna change anything because we we always talk about yeah we all hate Saban, but the thing that has always made him great is that he will continuously adapt. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. Shameless, he'll go. Well, that offense didn't work, and I'm go- I'm gonna go out here and complain about speedy offenses, and then go play speedy offense. Because obviously it's working. I mean, I'm going to do it. But what do you think? I am stupid? No, I'm going to do the speedy offense. You know, like he, it doesn't matter. He's going to go and adapt. It's what's made him the greatest football coach of all time. And it, as much as I hate the guy, but it's yeah, Bar- Barnes is just that he's hard headed and he's he's stuck in his ways. And he's, I guess he's had enough success that he's fine with that. But uh, and, and he also, I mean, an, another huge problem. I mean, I don't really lay anything on the kids. Some of the kids that have been on these teams, and especially on this team, I love some of these players. Santiago Vescovi, it's ugh, what I would give to have that kid come back next year. He's so awesome. He's just great. Great dude with a great attitude. Mm-hmm. Love him. And, and I mean, tri- Triple J, Josiah Jordan James, yeah, he's, he's been kind of let down throughout his career. 
like he's culturally for Tennessee, you know, he goes to the baseball games and he's always, he's out there. He's just an ambassador for Tennessee. Like he's so likable and awesome. Like I, I don't lay anything on these kids, but one of the main problems is Rick's recruiting. It has been high level, but he recruits to a culture and it is a culture that is no star, no elite guy. Nobody's going to be the, the A1 man, the alpha dog, the elite dude. The, he just doesn't do that. He Even the five stars he's gotten. I mean, look at Julian Phillips. The kid was a deer in headlights last night. Mm-hmm. He was lost. He didn't want to be out there. And, and nothing, He didn't get better throughout the season. Mm-mm. He just His best games were at the beginning of the season. And I, I just whatever it was, the... The joy of basketball got beaten out of that kid this season. I don't know if it was Rick. I I, I don't know. I think it just might have been things didn't go so well. And he kind of lost his enthusiasm. I don't know. But you could just see it. Like he's just not there. And but I I think Barnes very consciously doesn't want that. He doesn't want that guy that they have to deal with an ego. They have to deal with a I I think well, no, that's uh, why they didn't go after the guy that won the uh, who's the guy that won the dunk contest, Mac McClung. Year. Yeah, I mean, that's why yep. they didn't. You know, he's a local guy almost pretty much, like from the Tri City area. And unbelievable, like, I don't so reportedly wanted to come to Tennessee. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that's what I've heard around that situation. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly that. He doesn't want that dude that's going to come in and shake things up where he has to maybe fight, fight a kid with an ego or something who might take over a game and score you know, five, 10 points when you need it most, when you're down by five at the end of a game against FAU. Oh, Hey, let's go to this kid because we know he can get a bucket that he just doesn't do that. And that's a a systemic long-term problem with Rick. His, his recruiting has been high level. It's, it's almost all four stars and he's obviously gotten a number of five-star kids. And some of them have been really great, like Kennedy Chandler. And, you know, sometimes you have a surprise like Grant Williams. Like I think Grant Williams was a total anomaly. Like he was the exact perfect thing because he took Rick's coaching Rick's really tough coaching. He took it perfectly. He had a great attitude about it. He's an alpha dog and a leader, but he was a three-star like he was culturally a fit with Barnes and he just turned out to be this elite player. Like it was just a perfect little, you know, everything came together with him as a, as a player. And then you see after that, it's just, you can't recreate that. And, and the great dudes do the great dudes, the, the true, no, no, how, Barnes has been over his career has been, you know, well, I don't know exactly how to frame it. He hasn't won any titles or anything, but like you look at, I mean, like a Jay Wright, like we were talking about, he didn't just have like one seminally great guy and, Oh, wasn't that a fun team? He won two titles. He had a number of excellent guys and, and coached them up and let them be who they were. And they turned into elite teams that won national championships. Like, so you, I mean, you start there, and to to the people. I mean, again, I like I said, I'm a change your offense or change your coach. That's that's where my head is at. I'm I'm not gonna go out here and beat the fire Rick Barnes drum. I think that would be disrespectful. He's been great for this program. Don't go out there and like. I also don't think you can fire a guy after Purdue, Kansas, yeah. Arizona. You know, some of these other teams didn't even make it to the Sweet Sixteen. So I do think. I do think that's part of the conversation we need to have, you know, is like, do we look at this in a vacuum as just this one season? How do we look at it? Because if you just look at this one year on its own, 
you say, okay, yeah, they did have a lot of injuries. You know, Josiah Jordan James was up and down, and who knows how much he really has right now. Ziegler with the torn ACL. You did have a lot of adversity. Um, you saw a lot of really good teams get knocked out before you did. You knocked off one of the hotter teams in the tournament, and Florida Atlantic is a hot team in the tournament too. Like this isn't like okay, Tennessee just let them win, and no, they didn't play great, but I mean they're making a run. You know they're they're going to the Elite Eight. They're playing really good basketball right now. If you look at it in a vacuum, I feel like it's not that bad. It's just when you look at the whole as a totality. Like if 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 they had made a Final Four run with Grant Williams, I think you don't really look at this season as the negative that we are right now. Yeah, I mean. There's obviously I have plenty of indictments of not just honestly last night, not just of Barnes offense. That's been an ongoing thing for years at this point. But like you got out rebounded by a team that you were that was, towering that was over. Bad. That was bad. That's horrendous. Yeah. And so you it just adds to that history of his teams choking in those moments. And it well, you know, there's that. But I to answer that question, I mean, I got this a lot in response to that poll. You know, who there, there were even people that were like, yeah, I'd be fine with him leaving, but who are we going to? Yeah, which yeah. is a fair question. It's a great question. Because in terms of up-and-coming guys, like, a, I mean, the ideal situation would be like a Danny Hurley. And, oh, UConn is good, man. He just absolutely blasted Arkansas last night. Um, Like a Danny Hurley comes from Rhode Island, goes to UConn, flips UConn right around from Kevin Ollie, drove that thing into the ground, and now they're in the Elite Eight and look like possibly the best team in the tournament. You know, if you if you want to find that guy, I'm not sure that guy's out there this year. And if he is, he probably already took another job. There was a big reshuffling this week with a bunch of dudes. Kim English, one of Rick's assistants, went to Providence. Great on him. Congratulations to mm-hmm. him. Um, but he may not be out there this season. I mean, to me personally, if you want to be as sh- if that happened, if Barnes comes out. The next year, I, this, I don't think this is going to happen. I truly don't. I think I'm with you, Zach. I think he thinks he can win this title and he just hasn't and is very cognizant of that and wants to get it. And he'll take advantage of that as long as Tennessee lets him. But, uh, I mean, if you want to be really shameless about it, if he were to come out and retire tomorrow, it's Kelvin Sampson in Houston. You go, he's making $3.5 million a year, and this is about, if, if they win this weekend, this will be his second Final Four at Houston. At Houston. And he made another Final Four at Oklahoma. And the only reason he got fired at Indiana was because he had NCAA infractions. And that's why that would be shameless. Mm. Is because he's gotten taken down, got a show cause for NCAA infractions. Obviously, you're fighting the NCAA at the moment. And that, and I mean, you just, now he's the guy. Jay Wright, that's, no. <laughs> that's not happening. But Kelvin Sampson, he's a little younger than Barnes. Not much. A little younger than Barnes, and you back up the, the truck to him, that would be my call if Barnes were to just spring that on you. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. But to answer that question, there are some young dudes that, you know, the guy at like Utah State who was UMBC's coach, UMBC when they knocked off Virginia, the guy at like Toledo has been good. At off, I'm thinking of like offensive guys. Um, you know, some of those coaches, like th- there hasn't been a ton like, I, I really don't know if that up-and-coming guy is out there this season. But I, I would also say this. If that did end up happening, I trust Danny White implicitly. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. is You have to trust Danny White because he's made all these great hires. And it this is a situation where looking at a Wikipedia page to try to find a coach probably isn't what 
what Tennessee fans should be doing because you got to trust Denny White. It's a very similar situation to football if you have to make this hire, not with the bad culture part, but with the style that Rick Barnes runs, very defense oriented, which is not as fun, you know, for some for some younger basketball players, depending on the personality. You'd obviously want to hire an offensive minded coach, kind of like you're talking about, very similar to to uh, to hiring Josh Heupel after Jeremy Pruitt. I think you trust White to do that, and when you co- when, when it when a coach comes in and it's such a big flip from the previous system, I think it gives you a lot of chances to really build something special and unique, and just like Heupel did. I think if Heupel would have followed some other coaches, maybe it doesn't go the same. I don't know. I mean, maybe being able to flip that culture is part of what allowed those players to buy in so quickly, and and yeah. seeing that reaction from Heupel and the way he cares about the players, I, I would say. Don't focus on the name so much. Just focus on like the process, as cliche as that is, letting Danny White do his job because he's proven time and time again at what three different programs now from, from Buffalo to UCF to Tennessee that he can make hires that work. So you, you just got to trust him to find the right guy if and when that does happen. Yeah, and, and I think in Danny White's time here, it's going to happen. Will it be this oh, yeah. year? No, I don't think so. No, um, it would be shocking. It would be shocking to me. But it's what is tough is that we're having this conversation and then saying, I mean, nothing's going to happen. It's just, I, I, I don't know exactly because I know that there's, as I said, I mean, there's a lot of Tennessee fans that are going to go, hey, we made the Sweet 16. That's great. It is great. That was that Duke game was awesome. But then you lost to an inferior team and you lost because the coaching job was really bad. The other team scouted you so well and then coached circles around you like it just is gross it's i i don't know i i guess again i just care so much about basketball and maybe it's just that but i just walk away so disgusted from all of that and, and it's a disappointing season is it a failure uh, with all the injuries and everything probably not but it's disappointing and it's i mean <laughs> that was another thing i said last night it, it was a fittingly lame end to a disappointing season like mm-hmm. it was the perfect little here you go. You're going to have one more loss to an inferior team. And, and slowly watched it develop last night yeah. where it just slowly <laughs> slipped away. And it was very much like, we all see it happening. Nothing you can do to stop it. It was very frustrating. I mean, and this was classic Barnes. The run, the 18 to 2 run or whatever. And he just, just let it go and let it go and let it go. Tennessee was up eight in that second half, I think. Maybe six. But up like a fair amount where they could have potentially started to pull away more. And then FAU starts that run, as you probably expected they would, and Barnes just never called a timeout. They, I think FAU probably had a five-point lead or something by the time. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and look, but like There's some amount of like a that. lead. Yeah, be- before Barnes ever even called a timeout. And I, I love the coaches that are just very reactionary with timeouts because so often it, it just works. You just calm everything down. You go, whoa, 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 let's – it's reset. Well, that's what, get, like, get your Barnes, head right. how long do you, I mean, how long have you been coaching? You know what's happening. We all know what's happening. Stop it. Call the timeout. Stop it. I don't, I mean, he's done that all season. So, and he, I mean, he never, <laughs> he never calls timeouts in, in late game situations. He just lets those dudes play. I obviously, I'm, that's just part of the, and how many late game situations has Tennessee lost this season? Oh, it's just, all, all of them. Yeah, a, a, a close game late for Tennessee this season. Name the one that they won this season. Did it happen? Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, we, we said it. It was either like an 8, 10-point win or more 
or a loss. Like mm-hmm. that was Tennessee season this year. So weird. I God, I love these players. It's it really yeah. it's a shame. Because they're I think they're all gonna leave. I think Julie Phillips is gonna leave. Mm-hmm. Um because he just seems so disinterested. I mean, if, if he was engaged and still struggling, that's that would be one thing. But I think he's going to be looking to in this NBA class pretty weak. Yeah, he'll probably go. I mean, I, I don't see him transferring. I see him jumping. Yeah, he'll just go to the NBA. I don't think he'll transfer anywhere. But, oh boy, that is frustrating. Um, and by the way, they did ask him last night if he was, you know, he's still thinking about his decision. So usually when that happens, it's uh, you pretty much know what's coming. Yep. Well, <laughs> that's an annoying end of the week, but uh, we'll come back. I know this is what to see. Well, the COVID year, we pretty much had this conversation before everything got mm-hmm. canceled because they were probably going to miss the tournament that year. They definitely were. So this is what the fourth fourth straight season we've ended uh, basketball with this similar conversation. Yep. And I'm at, sure it'll be a fifth straight next year. Yeah. It just comes down to at, at what point do you – you end the the Mark Richtonus. Uh, it is the perfect comparison. It really is. It is, and it's it, not an insult. I mean, Mark Rick's a, no. a great football coach, a great person, and you know he he to to be anywhere that length of time, and same with Rick Barnes to be anywhere longer than three or four years, five years. You're you're doing something right, but you're not getting any better. You're not getting over the hump. Chances are you never are. And like I said, unless they just land some recruit that comes in and plays out of his mind and can just take over games, which I'm not sure Rick would even let happen. I mean, we have seen no evidence that he's willing to let that happen. So I don't know. Maybe he gets desperate near the end of his career. and Maybe he has a moment of of clarity where he understands, hey, I got to do something different because it's the same result every single year. But not a lot of confidence that's going to happen. I wish you would. Like, Bringing an assistant coach from an offensive heavy team, I, I yeah. don't, I don't know. Change change that philosophy up, but uh, that's it. <laughs> the A Sports Big Orange Podcast. I I'm Charlie Burris. Apologies if you don't agree with me. Um, that's too bad. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know what to tell you. But um, thank you for listening to this show. To everybody that does, don't let our negative drive you away i was extremely optimistic during the football season i feel like i i should have to say that ba- basketball is not football i'm super optimistic yeah. with football <laughs> and on that note spring practice is going on and we're going to talk about uh the first full week of spring practice this coming monday 4 p.m eastern time we'll discuss uh that first full week of spring practice nico got on the mic that was fun and we're going to talk about all of that he looks like a actual college football player now he's he really does poking up some man it's exciting so yep. yeah, we'll, we'll be optimistic about football on Monday. We'll we'll switch gears a little bit, and uh, and do that. But uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time, we'll be live on YouTube. Tune in there, and if you can't catch it, it'll be on on the podcasts and the and then obviously on YouTube. So Charlie Burst, Zach Reagan, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to y'all next week. See you guys later.